Um, I'm I'm gonna do a telling on myself right now. Yeah, please. The last ten minutes of the last episode, I accidentally got too drunk, and it had to all be cut out because it was bad, and I could not like formulate proper sentences or like words, um, or like let alone thoughts. Yeah, no, it was fine. It's good to talk to you, like, in a in a pretty coherent and, like, with it state again. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. I did a, a whoopsie doozy because usually, um, and I told you this, but usually I will have up to two cocktails before recording. And last time I was out of, like, the stuff that you mix with the, the, the bourbon. So I just, like, drank bourbon, but I probably drank, like, the same volume of alcohol. And so I was just, it wasn't diluted. It was just, like, too much. I just drank too much last time. I felt like an asshole uh, the next day waking up. But now we can do a good podcast. Even though it did turn out good. You did a really good job. It wasn't bad at all. You did a really good job saving it. No, th- there wasn't a whole lot that needed to be saved. It was just knowing when when to cut towards the end. There was some stuff that needed to be purged. So I guess while we're doing follow-up from last week, I guess it's important to note that no, I did not spend the $70 on candy. You coward. Why not? Well, you see, I'm unemployed. Mm-hmm. Same. And... Part of being unemployed is feeling deep, deep guilt anytime you spend money. Mm-hmm. So, so you didn't buy all the candy. So I didn't buy all the candy. Uh, I was applying for unemployment through Pennsylvania, but my employer was uh, based in New Jersey. <laughs> so, oh, so no. I have to reapply through New Jersey. I'll, I should get like the back, you know, like it, it'll apply retroactively because it's based on your termination date, not on the date you apply. But uh, yeah, I got a letter. They were like, no, you can't have this money. And um, I figured out why. It's because I'd been paying into New Jersey, uh, New Jersey's unemployment insurance and not Pennsylvania's. But apparently New Jersey pays more than PA. So I don't, I don't know. Okay. Maybe it'll work out. So I've got, I've got, I've got some questions about unemployment insurance because this is a whole, a whole field of things that I've never really had to deal with myself. So explain unemployment insurance to me is that something that you like actively have to pay into is it something that you're aware you're paying into how does that work i was never aware i was paying into it i think it's just like a thing that comes out of your paycheck i hope (laughs) because i was not i don't think it's a thing you have to like buy i don't know i'm 35 i should know this but i'm i'm pretty sure like part of your paycheck goes to your you know state taxes and part of those state taxes goes to unemployment insurance is that how that works should we be googling this how does unemployment insurance work uh, in ordinary times? <laughs> yeah, like and not like weird. I know if I could have gotten unemployed like six months earlier, I could have gotten an extra like six hundred dollars from the federal government a yep, month. Yeah, I think. Well, aren't they starting that again now? Oh, maybe. Pretty sure they're starting that again as part of the new package. I'm gonna be making more money unemployed. Than I was employed. Which means that you were being underpaid when you were employed. By my dad. (laughs) That's right. It's another hour of working out family trauma. (laughs) I'm never going to do it again. I'm never going to work. I'm never going to work there again. I can't do it. It was. No, don't work for family. Just, just don't. Yeah. Everybody told me to do it. I probably was part of that everybody that told you to do it. You weren't. My former, like one of my, uh, a mentor that I have was very instrumental in getting me. I had a second job offer when I went to go work for my family business uh, and I turned it down to go uh, work for my dad. That that second job offer, um, mm-hmm. tell me, where was it on the pay scale 
compared to the one you took with your dad? It would have been like pretty close. Um, with benefits, it might have been a little more, but nobody. I mean, like I could, I just couldn't have seen the bullshit come. Like I literally started like in the fall of 2019, like right before, like the season before COVID. Right, right. COVID kind of fucked you in a way that you never could have anticipated. COVID, COVID kind of fucked everything up. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, we should do our podcast. Buddy, we are doing it. I've never gotten to do an intro. Oh, interesting. What do you mean? I don't know. Like, talk about the show in a meta way. Like, you do your pre-recorded intro where you say, this is Idle Curiosity. It's a search-driven podcast by Emily. What do you, what do you mean, pre-recorded? I, I, put, I put Karen Love into that every week. No, I don't. No, that's pre-recorded. Like, I don't know. Just talking about like, hey, this is a podcast where we talk about things that we have Googled this week. Okay, just give me a full intro. This is Idle Curiosities, a podcast by me, Jason Hellman, and Emily Rose Reinke, where we talk about the things we've Googled this week and what we learned and why we searched for them. Music by Yuri Beats and art by Katie Rose. Cool. I'll plug that in as the intro for this week's episode. Hey, I'm famous. And wait, can I add one more thing? Yeah, of course. After these messages, we'll be right back. Is that what you had in mind when you put that in there? Hell yeah, it is. So this is one of those things that I feel like a lot of people know deep, deep, deep in their soul. Like even if they haven't thought of it in 25 years, they heard that and it automatically transported them. I literally read this on the spreadsheet and it was the tune was in my head, which is why I sang it. I don't remember exactly what led to me Googling this, but I was thinking, oh, yeah, that would be a really cool soundboard sting. Not that I use a soundboard. And so I was Googling it just to see like, oh, I wonder if that's easy to find. And there are compilation videos of like 30 to 50 of these things. Wait, 30 to 50 of what things? The stings with that tune and those words. And people like they're doing remixes. No, 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 no. What? There were that many like original ones. So they had multiple bumpers all set to the same song. I don't even know what, like, what network is it? Like, let's back up, back up, back up, all the way to the beginning. This is something that, in my memory, was a, like, you were watching a, a Saturday morning cartoon, and then a commercial would happen, and then this, like, stinger, this, like, audio yeah. cue would come on. Yeah. Okay. Was it ABC? It was ABC, yes. Wow, I don't know why I know that. I'm not really sure either. So... I don't really know when they started, but they ran for a very long time, and then they stopped running, and then they ran again with a second run. Mm -hmm. And in each run, they had, like, claymation animations that were bringing you into the show and then out of the show. Yeah, that's ringing some bells for me. So the one that I remember most clearly is the dog in the fire hydrant. I don't know if you remember that. Is it the fire hydrant? Like the dog pees on the fire hydrant and then the fire hydrant opens up and like sprays the dog away? Something like that. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, you know, a little whoopsie doodle reversal of fortunes there. So here, just a second. I will paste it into the show notes channel in our discord. Hey, look at your knitting. Your knitting looks so good. Isn't that nice? It's so nice. Your edges are nice and clean. You've got some, um, some good garter going there. Okay, there you go. And show notes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I remember this. Mm-hmm. I remember the little like weird smirk from the fire hydrant is is like the, the clearest memory for me. But yeah, it, this is a fun little nostalgia hole to go down if you just search YouTube. And like, was there anything that 
trigger this or were you just like did you like i i genuinely don't remember i i know i've had moments where it's like i will just have this thing looping in my head and that's okay if that's all it was i genuinely don't remember what triggered it but it's not the only thing from my childhood that rushed back hard this week oh well is there we can do another one if you want yeah the other one isn't i don't know why it didn't make it into my search terms i must have just missed it going through my history yeah you're just a monster who wants to make my my life harder But the other one is a song from a children's Christian television program that was called, I actually don't know if it was called Character Builders or Agape Land or if Agape Land was a subset of Character Builders or vice versa. Agape Land. Does that ring a bell? No, I, well, I took a, I took a college course on like comparative religion and like Agape was a thing we talked about when we talked about Christianity and uh that's pretty fucking crazy (laughs) there was a whole cartoon called agape land oh it was a lot yeah so most notably there was i guess there were probably two of them that really blew up big but the biggest one was probably called the music machine which was a vhs that had a few short stories on it and the big one that really stuck in my head was a song called patience Mm-hmm. which was originally on their 1977 album. When you say they, is there a band called Agape Land? No, the band is called Candle. Oh, boy. Oh, down the Christianity to rabbit hole. All right, let's go. Candle Band. Yep. They recorded children's albums for Sparrow Records and have won the Dove Award and have been nominated for a Grammy. And I'm learning the Dove Award is an accolade by Gospel Music Association. The Dove is the... Christian Grammys. <laughs> I thought the Grammys were the Christian Grammys. No, no, that's the, the, the Dove Awards or the Christian Grammys. Okay. Huh. I'm learning things. Bit? Nope. That, her name's Brit. Brit Nicole. 2008 Dove Awards. Okay. Oh, Brit Nicole. I like Brit Nicole. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Oh, she's good. Is she? She is. She's one of those Christian pop artists that I still have some fondness for. I am certain that she, among every other Christian artist, is still holding concerts during COVID and voted for Trump and wished that they were there storming the Capitol, I'm sure. But I don't know for sure. Yeah. And so in, as long as I don't know that, I still like her. She's Schrodinger's Christian rocker. Yeah, exactly. As long as 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 long as you don't like really look into it, she is both like cool and awful at the same time. Exactly. Oh, but anyway, this Agape Land song came into my head because I was working on my knitting. <gasps> And I am going to go ahead and tie in another one of my search terms. I know what it is. Go for it. Actually, no, it could be two things. It could be two two different things. Go for the one you think it is, because you're right. I mean, one of yours has knitting in it, which is ripping stitches knitting. Yes. So. Okay. There's another one, though. I had multiple times this week where I had to rip out significant chunks of stitching Mm -hmm. because I fucked up. It's a pretty bad feeling, right? I hate it. I hate it so much. And when I am at the point where I'm having to fix these problems, all I can hear in my head is this fucking cartoon song going, be patient, be patient, don't be in such a hurry. When you get impatient, you only start to worry. Remember, remember that God is patient too. And think of all the times that others had to wait for you. And I have not heard that song in probably 20 years. The song's right. Well, fuck the song. Fuck the song. God did wait a long time for you to finish that knitting. As soon as that song starts playing in my head, I fill with rage. 
And it makes me less likely to stay patient and calm while fixing my knitting. Can I introduce a powerful technology into your life? Sure. It's called a lifeline, and it's very simple to do. I am familiar with the lifeline. Oh, okay. So why don't you put a lifeline in your knitting? Well, in December 2019, Britt Nicole was one of several evangelical worship artists who prayed for President Donald Trump in the Oval Office. God damn it. Hold on. (laughs) This is not what I asked about. Why don't you put a lifeline in your knitting? Forget about Britt Nicole. She'll be fine. Put a lifeline in there. Well, okay. So when do you put in a lifeline? Whenever. When do you use it personally? I personally use it when I'm working on something that is complicated enough where if I would rip back, I would probably not be able to pick up stitches in a way that would be faithful to the pattern. So like if I'm doing something with cables, if I'm doing something. So then you run a lifeline at every row? No, 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 no. It's like a, it's like a save point. It's like a knitting save point. It's like you, okay. I think it's a good, I should say what a lifeline is. A lifeline is basically when, so when you're knitting, you have what's called like live stitches on the needle, which are like the loops that like loop over your needle. And a lifeline is when you take like a standard, like tapestry needle or like any, any kind of needle with yarn running through it. And you run it through all your loops, like through the eye of the loops, so that when you are like, when you make a mistake and you are tearing out your knitting, it'll give it a point where your live stitches can like hang on to and then you can like pick it back up. Man, anybody who hasn't knit, like this is going to sound like fucking stupid nonsense. Well, for their benefit, I just dropped an image in the show notes channel. Oh, cool. Okay. So it's it's literally like a, it's like a save point. It's so cool. Like it's such a video game ass thing for me, like a, like a nerd who started playing video games and ended up being a knitting nerd. Yeah. Like you put this piece of yarn through your knitting and it gives you a place where like, if you fuck up, you can just like pull your needle out and just pull the yarn and it'll stop at the lifeline. And then you can just like put the needle back in and pick it up from there. And like, it's like nothing bad ever happened. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you should be doing lifelines because they're they're really easy to do and they will save you a ton of time and heartache. Well, okay. But like, I didn't realize that I was going to be fucking up. Oh, you thought you were going to do it perfect the first time. Well, no, no, no. So here's the thing. Like, how do I know where I should be putting my lifelines? It's like literally wherever. Do I put them in as I'm stitching or do I put them in when I realize that there's an error and just the road lower or what, what should I be doing here? Okay. You should put it in on live stitches. Cause if you try to put it in after the fact, that's called an afterthought lifeline and they're harder to do. It's a lot easier to put it in when you have your correct work live on the, on the needles. So, so just like every 10 rows reset. Yeah. Like whenever you'd be like, Oh, it would suck to have to like redo all this, like put in a new lifeline and like, you can always pull it out and, Okay. 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 That makes more sense to me. So you're just setting, I guess you described it perfectly already. You're setting save points. Yeah. It's literally a save point. It's like anytime you want, you can rip back to that point and you will be exactly where you need to be, or rather your knitting will be correct up until the point where you put the lifeline in. Cool. Okay. It's a good thing to do. Everybody should do it. And it's the kind of thing where like knitters talk about like, Hey, uh, like you should do this all the time. And it's a, it's a very like, do as I say, not as I do, because I often will not put a lifeline in, but then I'll like, you know, realize I tell other people all the time, like, Oh, I don't use the lifeline. So in that image that I posted in knitting of my current work in progress, 
Do you see on the very left side of the piece, which is the top of the photo, mm -hmm. do you see that little divot where I missed a stitch? If I notice I have dropped a stitch in a row, is there a way for me to fix that afterwards? Like at the edge there when I fucked it up like that and just dropped one off the end? So you can always... What happened to the drop stitch? I don't know. Concerned. I don't know where it went. Looking at this picture, I also don't know. Usually the, the biggest risk with a drop stitch is that it will continue to run down the work from your needle. This is just... Yes, just like, no. just like in that photo in show notes right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's, it'll just continue to drop until you pick it back up. So if this is work where you dropped this, like you may not have dropped a stitch is what I'm trying to tell you. You may have done something else and it's hard to see from this photo, like what exactly you did. But if you... I lost a stitch. We'll say that. I lost a stitch. You might have like... Uh, you might like you wouldn't have knit two together by accident. That's hard to do. Well, especially since I'm working, I'm working with fives, and I'm doing what's this called? Um, garter. Garter. So it's not like it's super complex, but it is small. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what you did. It's hard to see from one picture what you did. You yeah. The the real answer is yes. If you drop a stitch, what you can do is basically find where you dropped it and like line yourself up vertically. And then on purpose, you would drop from the needle down to where you made the mistake and then like use a crochet hook and ladder it back up the work mm -hmm. so that you would take the loop that fell down. No, no, nobody wants to hear about this. No, this is good. This is good. Okay. You would theoretically, yes, you'd be able to drop down the work all the way to your mistake, pick it back up with like a crochet hook and then ladder it back up through the knitting that you'd already done back onto the needle and it would be fine. Okay. So you're saying that what I should do is I should just pause and gentry septa? What is, what is pause and gentry septa mean? Um, okay. Yeah. We're just going to do a smash cut here. Yeah. Pause, pause and gentry septa. Well, you're, you're sitting here going, nobody cares about this. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'll change the topic. Nobody does care. Pause and gentry septa is maybe my favorite one from this week. I saw on Twitter, Ryan W. Briggs at RW underscore Briggs tweeted, looking at Philly's absurdly inefficient fire safety mnemonic devices and going insane. What? And this is something I will share again in the Discord so you can see it. We've really become an audiovisual podcast, and I don't know how I feel about that. We've become a little audiovisual. So this is something I used to take. SEPTA is Philly's um, public transportation system. Southern, uh, Southeastern Pennsylvania Transportation Authority is what SEPTA stands for. <laughs> and when I took the train every day, I would see these like basically public service announcements for like how to prevent fires and pause and gentry. P-A-W-S and G-E-N-T-R-Y are like the mascots for like how to prevent fires that like SEPTA came up with with the Philly, I guess, fire department. Sure. And they're both dogs. And they're both dogs. One's a Dalmatian and one's like a bloodhound, I guess. And the best part about this, like I have pictures on my phone, very similar to these tweets, because I would just take pictures of them and I'd send them to people and I'd be like, look how bad these mnemonic devices are. Because it would be like, pause and gentry say check and like in a normal mnemonic device check would be like each letter in check would be one word or maybe two words but with pause and gentry each word in check is a whole ass sentence yeah this is absurd <laughs> it's so bad it's like 
They're like, mnemonics are supposed to make things easy Wait, to remember. Wait, what the fuck? I'm looking at chef? <laughs> yeah, chef. Why don't why don't you read what um how you how you remember okay so if you, if you're in your home right yeah and um you don't want to start a fire all you have to do is remember chef and can you please please read out what chef stands for sure chef it's C is for cooking safely by never leaving the stove unattended to keep children away from the stove H is for hazards include hot surface grease fires and open flames E is for endangers <laughs> lives fires burns and scalding that's my F- favorite one. <laughs> For endangers, endangered <laughs> lives, fires, burns, and scalding. F is for families. Reduce exposure to accidents and injuries. Uh, how is how is F helpful at all? You know, it it it, it had never occurred to me that maybe I should reduce exposure to accidents and injuries with my family. That's such a good idea that had never once occurred to me. You know, you know how you love your family. It sounds to me like you really wanted it to spell chef. <laughs> You know how you love your family? Um, don't set them on fire. Mm. That would have been a better mnemonic than fucking than <laughs> E for endangers lives. And there's so there's four of these. One is stop. The T in stop is they can start fires, <laughs> but you have to remember that the context of the of the S above it is for stoves are dangerous. Stoves are dangerous. They can start fires, often with hot grease or flames. Pay attention while cooking. I just, I love this so much. It's like, it's just smacks of like, somebody got tasked with like, all right, we need, we're, we're doing a thing with SEP, between SEPTA and the Philly Fire Department. It doesn't have to be good, but we need to have a word that spells something out about how not to burn your fucking house down. And they were like, what if we have dogs? And they're like, all right, cool. What do the dogs say? And they're like, I don't know. And then somebody said, well, they have to say something. Like, what if, what if we had cool phrases and each each letter of the phrase stood for something about how to prevent a fire. And the other person was like, okay, what's the phrase? They were like, check. The C stands for chords for cracks or frayed. That's it. That's how you not do fire. Chords for cracks or frayed. That's it. That's the whole thing. Check chords for cracks or frayed. No, no, it doesn't start with check though. Well, check is the namat. It's C-H-E-C-K and the oh, C fuck. check stands for chords for cracks or afraid. It's really bad. And it's like, it's for kids. No, it's not. It's for kids and the H. Well, but it is because it's dogs. No, 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 no. Dogs. If this was for kids, it would be, you know, large words. Like the text would be larger and there would be less words. This is what I mean. Is that I like this is what makes it good is that I don't know who it's for. Like it's for adults because the H in check is for hidden dangers in old wiring. And I don't think we have like a snow piercer situation where we're sending small children with their little tiny hands into the drywall to check for hidden dangers in old wiring. But like if it's for adults, like why are you using cartoon dogs? And why are you using mnemonic devices like kids are used to getting in school? I mean, I feel like mnemonic devices are used everywhere even for adults right the second c in check is for counterfeit electrical appliances so you know make sure you're not using counterfeit electrical appliances because they can start fires i'm googling real quick uh mnemonic devices for adults uh okay the first one is very much for kids so no that one's for kids that one's for kids that one's for kids 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 well wait Here's another one we didn't even talk about. The mnemonic danger, the A in danger, is for always put cigarettes out all the way. But it's a cartoon Dalmatian telling you 
Put your cigarettes out. Put your cigarettes out, children. Don't smoke. Don't smoke and then just flick the butt onto the onto the mattress. Yeah, see, I feel like this is a lot like sex education. Never smoke around oxygen. <laughs> Go outside to smoke. <laughs> this is a lot like such a sex education. We're like, you hope that your kids aren't getting into irresponsible situations, but you need to prepare them for the eventuality that maybe they will. Okay. But then like So if- to make sure you're telling your kids to put their cigarettes out all the way. Yeah. But if we follow your sex education example here, it's like, oh, this is going to fall apart so fast. (laughs) It'd be like having like Darry the diaphragm who's like, remember, kids, the A in diaphragm is always put your diaphragm in all the way. What? Semen can leak past me if it's not a tight seal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Okay. So the name of the episode is Semen Can Leak Past Me. (sighs) (laughs) Anyway, that's pause and gentry septa. I just love this so much. Oh, where were we? I feel like we. I feel like we need like a deep cleansing breath because that was that was the banger. We need something. Yeah, uh, we need to purify the air between us. So please tell me about air purifier, wire cutter. So this is going to be a pretty short one, but basically, Mel texted me the other day and was like, "Hey, I've been thinking we should get an air purifier for the bedroom because." I, I, I can't speak to other people's bedroom situations, but I feel like in our bedroom, there's constantly a, like a thick sheen of dust over everything, no matter how often we dust stuff off. Do you get that too? No, but I don't want to like be a, a, you know, I know improv rules. Instead of no, I'm not going to say yes and, but I'll say maybe but. Maybe but. Um, I don't like that either. Okay. Try again. And yes and. Yes, yes and there's an alien in my room and... He he likes eating Skittles. The children singers were from the Agape Force Prep School in Lindale, Texas. Was Agape like? Is that like the like like unconditional love? Did I get that right? It's, it's a word for love. Yeah. Okay. I don't know for sure the actual etymology, but yeah, it it means love in some way, shape, or form. And like kids in Christian schools, they don't just giggle and go like agape. No, I'm not sure that kids know what gape means. Well, kids in Christian schools have never seen goatsy. That's a shame. I know. No, that's a good thing. No, that's actually a good thing. I'm rethinking it. That's good. If you're in Christian school and you don't know what goatsy is, um, don't don't Google that. <laughs> it's nothing. But yeah, so that was like we should get a, we should get an air purifier and see if we can maybe fix the constant battle against you know dust and pet hair and whatever else that we have going on. So I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do that. So of course, the first thing I do is I Google and I go air purifier wire cutter. Do you have any idea what an air purifier costs? I don't know what an air purifier does, let alone what it costs. Well, does it really, is it like different than like just a filter in your HVAC? Well, we don't have an HVAC. Oh, okay. That changes things. Right. Because you're in Wisconsin. Yeah. We, um. The the land that God forgot. We have window air conditioners Mm -hmm. and baseboard heaters. The baseboard heaters are good. Eh. Oh, wait. They're not the same as radiators. That's not like the, okay. Those are like the things where like you have the foils. It's not, never mind. I'm thinking of radiators. But anyway, so because we're in Wisconsin, in a cheap, cheap apartment. Let's, hold on. We need to brand Wisconsin here on the show. Wisconsin is the land that God forgot. No, I think Wisconsin is best known as America's dairy land. And I think that really does sum it up. That's pretty good. But what if we rebrand Wisconsin as like a hellish uh, wasteland where everybody who thinks that like God cares about Wisconsin, they come to a rude awakening that actually he 
legitimately forgot that Wisconsin existed in the map of the United States that he did draw all the borders of. Wait, who drew these borders? So God drew the borders of the United States. Yeah. Um, of, of all the states. Now, was it God or was it Joseph Smith? Uh, well, I don't know anything about Mormonism, so we're going to have to... Um, I can't do jokes about that. But I can suggest that God did draw the borders of all of the states of the United States and he forgot Wisconsin was there one time. That's why it looks like a mitten. Because it's like waving, bye. Sorry, God. <laughs> <laughs> so we were searching for air purifiers and wire cutters pick is $250. That's a lot. That's more than I want to spend. And what's it do? It purifies the air. Okay. But like people say things like toxins, right? No, this has nothing to do with toxins. All right. This is about pulling like dust and pollen and particles out of the air. Okay. So if you don't, I guess if you don't have an HVAC system, so like I have a thing in the HVAC where I like, I replace the filter every like two or three months. Yeah. And I pull it out and I can see there's like a bunch of gunk on it. So this is like, you don't have that because you're just like sucking in air from the outside with your AC unit in the summer. Right. So that's what this does. Okay. That's still a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. So I scrolled down to the budget pick, which, you know, is $100. And then I bought a refurb of it, which was like mm-hmm. $85. So we'll, what'd you find? Well, it looks decent. It's, it looks like an Apple HomePod. Oh, as long as there's like a thing full of gunk that you can clean off and like feel like you're doing something about yeah. every week, I think you're good. So it uses a HEPA filter. Yeah, it, it claims it picks up dust, pet dander, smoke, mold, and pollen, which that's pretty much what I'm looking for. Yeah, those are all things that make me feel no bueno. Yeah, so we're getting that in the mail this week. I don't really know if it was worth discussing. That's fine. We can always cut it out. Yeah. We got plenty of we got plenty of pause and gentry talk. Yeah, of course. Why is the other why is the other why is it named gentry? I don't know. What does gentry mean? It's like the like regular people. The gentry are like the regular folk. So wait, is, is the Dalmatian pause and the bloodhound gentry? I don't know. It doesn't say. Does this mean that pause is an elitist? It doesn't say in the it doesn't say okay, so I would guess gentry one works for SEPTA and one works for the fire department. And I don't know which is which. Well, pause clearly works for the fire department. Okay. So, so pause is the Dalmatian and gentry is the regular person, regular dog. Sorry. Wait, no. Gentry are well-born, genteel, and well-bred people of high social class. Oh, I thought the gentry were like the, like norm, like the non-ruling class. The gentry are like upper middle class. Okay. Well, maybe that's the dog wearing the septa hat. I don't know. It's not the firefighter. Why would, why would it be pause and gentry? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. Well, I only live in this city. I didn't design. <laughs> I didn't design their PSAs. Their dog-based PSAs with terrible, terrible acronyms. It's really bad. It's it's so bad. Like I, me as like a non-design-oriented person, like I will just you know, it's it's cool when I listen to something like ninety nine percent invisible, and I'm like, oh yeah, like if you if you don't realize that a door like is a push or pull door, like that's poorly designed. Like, I, 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 I like that some people are good at that, but like, this is something where I looked at it and I was like, this is so fucking terrible. <laughs> somebody, somebody did a, a really bad job. I have an these PSAs. article that I need to read two paragraphs from for you. All right, please go. At least the streets department sprang for a horrifying costume. SEPTA safety mascot, imaginatively named Safety Paws, 
will be well known to subway riders. He is a cartoony canine conductor who has sadly been dogs, ha ha ha, by his own crippling substance abuse. Oh no! What's the substance? Uh, I have to click through to another article for that. Just a second. Okay. Oh, that page doesn't exist anymore. Damn. Oh. So I guess we'll never know. But he often appears in weird crossover adverts with Gentry, the Philadelphia Fire Department's pro-gentrification pooch. Oh, fuck. Okay. (laughs) Well. Gentry is named after gentrification. This is the end of the show. (laughs) This is the end of the podcast. Because I brought something so horrible that we just can't go on. Why does the fire department have a pro-gentrification dog? I don't know. Why is it a... I, I, why, why so many things? Why... Okay. Why is the pro-gentrification dog so upset about when buildings burn down by accident because you've plugged too many things into the outlet? Yeah, you would think that the pro-gentrification dog would want the old buildings to burn down so they could be replaced with luxury apartments. Let them go. Put up some fucking... Some... Some plywood monstrosities in the trendy neighborhood exactly and gentry's like hey i'm gentry this is great this is all good get get some uh hot yoga and a plant shop in there burn down the old buildings it's me gentry the dog who hates poor people get get those poor people out of there burn their buildings down and replace them with high cost condominiums Yeah, exactly it's me gentry the dog who loves to burn things Why does the fire department have a gentrification dog? Hmm. I'll take it up with the mayor. Oh, boy. This has been better than I thought it would be. I knew Paws and Gentry would be good. I'll, I'll, I like some things I bring to the show and I'm like, this might not be great. Paws and Gentry, I knew would be good shit. Yeah, no, that works. Um, <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. I'm so upset. I'm not sorry because Paws and Gentry are both great in their own way. Who is Beth May? And why did you Google Beth May wiki feet? Well, there's a, I mean, why do you think? Nope, don't answer that. You know, during the Kogiati, you were really hesitant to talk about your, like, porn preferences and, like, sexual whatchamacallits. But now, all of a sudden, you bring in Beth May wiki feet? Yeah. Well, I'm still sticking with nobody will ever know anything about any of that. Um, This is a, uh, it's a totally non-sexual thing. Sure it is. Do you believe me? Uh, this is an I'm feeling lucky. This should be a pretty short one. If I allow that. <laughs> Beth May is uh, one of the cast members of my current favorite Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast called Dungeons and Daddies. And she plays Ron Stampler. She's very funny. And in a recent after show, so they do like a, a normal show, you know, where they play D&D and you get to listen to it. And then they have like an after show where they talk about it. The cast members of Dungeons and Daddies all were joking about like, haha, wouldn't it be funny if one of us had a had a WikiFeet article? And then like in real time, you got to listen to them discover that Beth May of Dungeons and Daddies, the podcast, does have a WikiFeet article. And it was just I like I didn't I thought it was a bit for the show. So I had to investigate and be like, does she really have a WikiFeed article? Mm-hmm. Um, you just had to you just had to investigate for curiosity's sake, not because it's a sexual thing. For professional reasons. I just had to, as, as a fellow podcast. Yeah, no, of course. Of know. course. I'm not into feet. I'm really, no, I'm sure. I actually, several people, my wife included, can attest that I am kind of grossed out by feet as a concept. And I've, I think I've said on more than one occasion, like if, if I had my way, people's ankles would just like kind of end there. And we'd all like walk on little like peg legs and we just wouldn't have feet because 
they're kind of the worst. And I'm, I'm, I really, this is, this sounds like a, like the, the lady doth protest too much. Um, but I really, yeah, I don't, I don't like feet, but I thought it was funny that Beth May has a wiki feet article. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That that was really fast. I'm going to give you one more. Um, we started talking about this last week and then you got super hammered Mm -hmm. and, but now I'm with it. Now you're with it. So tell me now about code Miko, which I understand is a VTuber. Yeah. I'm so, I don't know why. So I'm going to just assume that at least a third of our audience only vaguely knows what a VTuber is, if they know at all. I didn't know. I literally stumbled on it two weeks ago. So now I know, and I will share it with the world. Yes, please do. A VTuber is a virtual, I guess it doesn't have to be YouTube. It could be any sort of like streaming platform. I was going to say, they're big on Twitch. They're big on Twitch, and it's like people who have a virtual avatar that is like a character that is not really the person who is in control of the avatar. It's like a little character that they play. And I got like sucked into the world of Code Miko, who is a who is one of these VTubers. She is control. So the, the character of Code Miko is like, what if a, a character from a video game who's like not the main character, who's just like a background character, like had her own talk show? Okay. And that's actually kind of a fun idea. It is a fun idea. And the person who controls it is called the technician. So like she will refer to herself like when 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 the person who is and I, I should know this, but when the person who is like puppeteering Code Miko uh, refers to herself, she refers to herself as the technician. The technician is like a professional animator. So she like created this character out of whole cloth. She like literally animated her. She created all these like hooks into Twitch where like people can interact with the virtual avatar where if, you know, she decides she can be like, okay, so like now we're going to like make Miko like weird looking and like if you type certain letters in the chat, it will change different proportions of Miko's physical appearance as a virtual avatar. So she'll be like, like you type. Wait, you could, you could monster factory her? You, you, yes. The chat will monster factory her in real time and it gets so weird so fast. But the technician is like such a fucking charming and endearing professional who, by the way, is wearing a motion capture suit this entire time. The, the whole setup, um, I've read interviews with her, costs about $30,000. That makes sense. She's like sitting in a chair in a mocap suit with like a phone on a on like a what looks like a, a fish hook, I guess, like in front of her face. So that's like capturing her facial expressions in real time and then animating them as Miko. And then she just does like interviews and it's, it's so charming. And like, she's got this great energy and I like, I I can't believe how deep I got in like the, the code Miko verse um, in the last few weeks. But uh, she's just like, I I just want to watch. Do you have like a link, a specific video or anything that you can recommend and post in show notes for people if they want to experience this in some level? Yeah. Okay. Let me find, I'm trying to find like a short one because it doesn't, it's, it's like so hard to convey what the fuck is like actually going on. 
if you're not like plugged into the whole deal hold on let me see here and like she changes things on the fly where she'll be like i'm gonna change my outfit now and like all of a sudden she looks like a nun hell yeah <laughs> and then like and then the pay money wubby interview is a what a pay money wubby okay oh wait i i forgot i forgot the the best part so code miko uh when so the twitch chat like whenever they say anything like every message from twitch chat will appear across her chest um for about like a like a i don't know a tenth of a second so like imagine like a chat room full of like like idiots and like every message they post will like appear across her boobs for like a, a a fraction of a second why that feels chaotic. Like the whole stream is just pure chaos. Okay, I'm going to post an interview. Oh, this is an hour and 30 minutes. Like they're they're all so long. All right, I'm going to post one that is uh, a, an explainer of like who... Oh, no, that's got the wrong time code. Oh, boy. I'm so bad at doing podcasts. Holy shit. Code Miko was banned from Twitch. I mean, everybody... Has, hasn't it? No, on the 19th. Oh, for what? No, what happened? I don't know, but uh, there's a bunch of articles. Like, when you search for Code Miko, that's the first thing that comes up is articles about the ban. That was, le- I mean, that was, so the first, when I wanted to talk about this last week, uh, but I got too drunk, and then I couldn't talk uh, like a, a normal person. Um, that was less than a week ago, so this happened between the last recording in this one mm-hmm. so i posted a, a code miko explain like who is this who is like her human technician i don't know i just think it's so cool that like the technician was worked in like she worked on like the unreal engine and then she used her professional experience to just like make this fucking buck wild avatar and d- made a talk show out of it like it 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 blew my mind and i'm was endeared by her because she's just like you know, you watch her and she's like, she's a really good interviewer. She's very earnest. And then sometimes she's like, oh, well, uh, my chat decided that I have to be set on fire now. So like the avatar gets set on fire and then they decide if they like respawn her or not. But like sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It's so weird. Yeah. Okay. I will watch Code Miko explained instead of editing this podcast tomorrow morning. Hell yeah. Let's do a boring one. Banktivity. It has the word bank in it. So it must be boring. Banktivity is... I mean, are you familiar with Mint? Yes, intimately. So for those who aren't, Mint is like budgeting software. And Bankativity is another budgeting software. So it's like Mint, it's like YNAB, except it's a lot more hands-off, it seems, if you want it to be, which is perfect for me because I know I've always had trouble keeping a budget. I've always had trouble doing like the regular upkeep on it. I mean, because to really do a budget, you need like every transaction needs to have a category. Right. And I am never going to fucking do that. Yeah. I'm kind of in that boat with you. That is hell. That is sheer hell. I love it. If it sees McDonald's and it wants to throw it in a fast food bucket, perfect. Wonderful. I love that. But I'm not going to look at like if I go to Walmart and I buy $200 worth of assorted things. Mm -hmm. I am not going to go in and break it down and be like, well, see, 65 of this was groceries, and 20 of this was a DVD, and I'm not going to do that. Are you buying $20 worth of DVDs on the reg? I, no. Okay. So we're just, we're just doing, we're saying things that are old now. I don't go to Walmart on the reg either. I don't know what I was improvising here. I have an update. Wait. I don't know. Oh, fuck. What's the right way to do this? I've had a Big Mac. Oh, yeah. I had a Big Mac and it fucking sucked. 
It was the worst McDonald's sandwich I've ever had in my entire life. So not even kidding. Walk me through it. What did you like and what did you not like? I know historically you have said that you don't like shredders, correct? I don't like, yeah, shredded lettuce is bad. I don't like it. See, to me, the shredders is the defining feature of the Big Mac. Uh, So I ordered, what actually happened was I ordered a quarter pounder with cheese, which is what I want to do because I, I know I like it. And I got my order and it was a big, like they made a mistake and they gave me a Big Mac instead of a quarter pounder with cheese. It is wrong on so many levels. Well, but it's the wrong bun. It's the wrong sauce. It's the wrong meat. I took it a little bit as a sign because like I've talked about in recorded mediums, like I've never had a Big Mac. If I'm ordering a quarter pounder, if I'm ordering a quarter pounder, I want the quarter meat. I don't want the shitty little uh, half size patties that they use for the Big Mac. Well, that was my big thing. Okay, so first I should say that I took it as a sign that like I've publicly now talked about I've never had a Big Mac and then the almighty, blessed be, whoever whoever he, she, it is, just dropped a Big Mac in my lap and they were like, here, you eat this. And so I just did. I just ate it. Those patties are are so shitty and little. It's the same patty that they use for the McDouble. I got tricked by commercials for my entire life where I was like, Big Mac must be big because it has big in the name in. If the Big Mac used the quarter meat patty, I think it would be a great sandwich. But you're right. It's disappointing. It was nothing. It was like a little, like a little, like paper. It was like paper. It was like biting through little paper, paper meat patties. And they were, it was bad. I didn't like it. It was all lettuce as, as I was warned. And it just, it, it, it was not delicious. I didn't like it. I will never order a Big Mac again. Quarter pound with cheese all the way. Okay. And that's follow-up. Banktivity. So Banktivity is this budget app that basically pulls your data and turns it into something beautiful and shows you all sorts of stuff. A big thing for me is using Mint and using YNAB. I never really got in the habit of setting up credit cards to log properly. Because that's a weird thing that a lot of budget software does poorly. Right. Because like if you have to pay, um, you know, like a monthly, like paying off your credit card is not a, a budget category. It's just like what you have to do. Right. And they don't deal well with interest and they don't deal well with, uh, it's, it's a fucking disaster. And there are so many compounding factors, but this seems to do it very cleanly. And as a matter of fact, you can tell it how much extra you want to pay off every month. And it will tell you your revised full payoff date. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's really cool. Huh. Is this paid or is this free? Uh, It is free for the first 30 days. And then it's $6 a month or like 50 for the year. Okay. Which isn't bad. That actually makes me feel better because I always feel like if, if a thing is taking like financial information and they're like, it's free. <laughs> like they're definitely selling your data to somebody that you don't want to have it. Oh, for sure. But it is Mac only. Oh, okay. Mac and iOS devices only. That's kind of a bummer. So, yeah, that's a little frustrating. Yeah. But it it does look like it's going to serve me pretty well. It's frustrating because I get in here and I look at it and the screenshots they have, for examples, show like... This screenshot shows investment in retirement with $177,000 in it and assets at $131,000. Is that not what you have? No, not really. (laughs) That sucks. 
But yeah, they have a really cool payoff credit card debt screen that shows you how to do your goals and how to set stuff up. I haven't played with their actual budgeting features yet, which it looks like they are still kind of doing the YNAB, uh, Dave Ramsey envelope style budget, Mm -hmm. which I don't really care for, but I'm going to play around with it and see what they have just because it feels like a waste to not. Well, I mean, you're still in the 30 days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But at very least, it's nice to have a consolidated dashboard where I can go see all of my accounts updated and what's going on with them all at once. Yeah. Which seems pretty valuable. I gave up on Mint so long ago. Like, I was early, early, early on the Mint. Like, before they got acquired by... Way before they got acquired by... I don't um, like Mint. I just don't like Mint. I don't know why. It used to be good. It used to be really good. And then they got acquired by Intuit, which... Fuck into it. Yeah, fucking into it. It did used to be good. So this does seem like more like a, a pre a pre into it mint, possibly. Yeah, very possibly. Their website is pretty fucking ugly. Mm. Like if you go to banktivity.com and look at that very top bar and just like look at the way that their site is designed, it feels like an old download.com style website. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's not pretty. It's no text blade, but it's not good either. Well, it kind of looks like there are CSS elements that just got dropped. Yeah. It looks like, yeah, it looks like it was like they, whatever the default font was, like whatever font they wanted, like did not make it into the web browser. And it just got like put into like old sans serif font. Yeah. So it's a little weird, but it seems to run really nicely. I have enjoyed fiddling around in it uh, a little bit. And I'm just trying to get a better handle on our financial situation uh, because I need to know, uh, like if if we're a nation of states, I need to know what's the state of our nation. How many um, uh, Hamilton jokes do we do before we just cancel the whole? You see, thing? I don't know, but I am past patiently waiting. Okay. As a matter of fact, I am passionately smashing expectations. Every action's we're an act of creation. Three, three, four. Okay, we're four closer to wherever that line is, <laughs> and um, I, guess, <laughs> I guess when Lin Manuel decides to sue us, that midnight doomsday clock has just ticked up a few notches tonight yeah and i think that's totally fair but it's fine i would suggest actually if you are going to try a new budget app you should try bank activity and you should try that on like an ipad or an ipad air oh okay you googled ipad versus ipad air give me the deets the deets are that my toddler smashed my ipad hell yeah that's metal as fuck he uh he i i'm very my devices um, I've never had a phone with a broken screen before, but now I got an iPad with a broken screen because my toddler took it off the table and just fucking smashed that shit on the ground and I picked it up. <laughs> like deliberately? Yeah. Like he, he, I don't know. Like he spiked it? He spiked it pretty good. Yeah. I don't, like it was the only thing on the table and I, I just, I didn't think it would interest him. And before, like he's, he's fast. He's like a lizard. Like he moves like a lizard. Wait, which child was this? This is Louie, the youngest child. The older one loves the iPad. He doesn't, he loves it, so he would never hurt it. The younger one just sees shiny things, and he's just like, I'm a fucking, he's like Bam Bam. He just like (laughs) smashes it on the floor. And yeah, I picked it up in the whole fucking, the whole, like not the whole screen, but it was my first real uh, iOS device with a cracked screen that I've ever had, which is kind of an accomplishment because I've had iPhones since like the iPhone 4 or whatever. So which iPad was this? This is an iPad Air. It's It's got to be four or five years old at this point. 
Like I, I'm not the person who gets a new iPad every year because they're expensive. Yeah. It's, you know, it's still got the physical button on it. Um, it has touch ID, so it can't be that, that new. The, the new ones still are also only touch ID. Well, but there's, so, so what I was looking at, the new, new iPad Air is not touch ID. It has a, it has like a. Really? Yeah. It's got the, um, the face ID. Because I just got the iPad 7 and it only has touch ID. It doesn't have face ID and that bums me out. So the, iP- the iPad Air is like a, a new, new, it, the iPad Air used to be like the budget iPad. But now the iPad Air starts at like $700. Yeah, the iPad 7 is the new budget option. Yeah, like the 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 one with the number, it, Apple has has gotten us again. What used to be like you would get the one with the number and that was like the good one. And the Air was like the cheap one. But now the Air is the good one and the Pro is like the good, good one. And the number is is like the cheap one. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I like part of me doesn't even want to get the air because it's got USB-C and like all my chargers are lightning at this point. Just do the seven. Should I just get the seven? The seven is so cheap right now that like, I mean, what are you using it for on a daily basis? I just like watch, watch video on it really. So why would you need the air? Why would you need a $700 device? I don't need it, but like, I feel like I'm going to be a dumb dumb by like not getting it. And then like a year, I'll be like, I didn't get the air. It's got the, I don't know. The the iPad air starts at $600. The iPad seven starts at 329. Yeah. It's a lot less. I don't have a job, so I should probably just buy this one, huh? Yeah. Okay. That's cheaper than the fucking iPad mini. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Why is the mini 399? I don't know. Yeah, I should do this before Apple figures out they made a mistake. Unless you are drawing and you need the pencil too, just get the iPad 7. Yeah, I'll get the iPad. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure it's still the original pencil for the iPad 7. I don't actually know. I think what made me feel like an asshole was, like, if I get the iPad Air, then the, I, the, the new iPad I get that's replacing the old one will look physically different. And it won't be like, well, I just let my kids smash my iPads and then I had to buy a new one. And if I got like the old one, it's like, well, I just made it. Oh, I just did a whoopsie. And like, now I have an iPad that's literally exactly the same as the one I had before. But this one doesn't have a cracked screen. And then at that point, I'm like, should I just pay to get the screen fixed? But it's not exactly the same. It's, I mean, I can't, I, I probably won't tell the difference. But here's the thing. It is an iPad that is newer and therefore you can trust that it will probably keep getting ios updates yeah okay longer than your old one would have so it actually is an upgrade as far as when its end of life will be i'd be losing money not to buy the not to buy the ipad i am not saying that but i am saying that this is what i say 320 some dollars 329 dollars if you go in to get the screen replaced on your broken ipad that's going to be what 100 150 i don't know because i've never broken a fucking device screen before because i'm a good boy it's not cheap i'm a good boy i keep my devices intact with as old as your ipad is if it were a car i would be writing it off as totaled oh maybe i can do something cool with it oh yeah you could still do something cool with it but not this well i guess i'll buy a new ipad next week i get like my unemployment check and then i'll (laughs) spend it all on uh on an ipad next week yeah and then maybe uh maybe daddy biden will uh oh yeah maybe i can do checks hey can i um break the rules real quick yeah, of course. Can I talk about the movie Swim Fan? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a yes. That's a strong what the fuck. 
I know that Sparkle is a fan of Swim Fan, but I have never heard of it. <gasps> then we need to save this. Okay, never mind. We have to save this. Did you not see Sparkle commented when you posted in the Discord earlier? No. Uh, sorry, I've been like very not on the internet this week. Because uh, I have to parent children, which are needy. I don't know. Was it yesterday? G- give me the... Uh, give me the... Give it to me in Pigs and Bunnies. What is Swim Fan? Swim Fan's a, a movie from like 2004 or something. That's so bad. But we, 2002. With 2002. We watched last night as like a goof. We we're like, let's watch just a dumb, stupid movie. And we watched it and just like giggled at all the like dumb shit in this movie, Swim Fan. And then I, op- <laughs> I woke up this morning and I opened up my phone and the first thing that opened up was Firefox with the browser open to namecheap.com with the page. Are you sure you want to buy swimfanfan.com? So I didn't buy it, but apparently last night I was, I was doing a little domain shopping as we were like giggling through the end of swimfan. And I was like, Haley, I should buy swimfanfan.com and redirect it to your Facebook page. Cause that's something I do sometimes for fun. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just a, a normal thing to do. It's such a bad movie. Like, it's about a girl who is who really likes this boy who's in the swim club. And so she does a little bit of uh, non-consensual uh, sex with him. And it leads to, you know, she pulls a cop's gun out of his holster and then shoots two cops. And then... Hell yeah, A-cab. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, A-cab. And also, spoilers for the end of Swim Fan. Um it's a little bit ironic that the movie's called Swim Fan. It's about a girl who loves a boy who swims, and then she drowns in a pool at the end. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> Don't you think? It's like rain. <laughs> There's a lot of things that happen in Swim Fan. She, so the, she pulls a cop's gun out of his holster and shoots him with it. She's a 17-year-old girl. And she's like, I'm going to kill two. Do not all 17-year-old girls do that? I mean, most, none that I knew. She. I feel like I feel like if I, if I had been a cis woman when I was 17 I probably would have killed a cop with his own gun. Well, 